0: New York Artists Collective. Hello and welcome to the New York Artists Collective podcast. This next one's about. This is the podcast where we interview one of our favourite artists from around New York City and we discuss one of their songs, their creative process and a bit more about their experience as an artist in New York City. I am Stephanie Manns, a singer-songwriter and one of the New York Artists Collective producers and today's guest is pop artist Jessie Standifer here to talk about her song, Choose Must. Jessie Standifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank Welcome you. to this next one's about. It's a pleasure to have you here in my gracious studio. It's really a beautiful space. I love being here. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, my my apartment doubles very well as a studio. <laughs> um,
1: hashtag New York life.
0: Hashtag New York life indeed. Um, so you are playing our January show mm, mm-hmm. along with Misty Roy and Yanita. Yeah, I'm very excited
1: about it too, yeah.
0: January 26th. Yeah. So obviously we we like to do these podcasts where we find out a bit more about you, we find out about some more of your music, and then we just just get under the covers and find out who you you are.
1: (laughs) Great. (laughs) Under the duvet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, let's keep it appropriate. (laughs) It's it's fine. Um, So we're going to talk about your song, Choose Must. Uh Uh-huh. So tell me about it. Tell me, how did you come to write the song? Where were you when you wrote it? Not like, you know, were you in New York, but just... We're in a place in of Jesse.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this song was um, an interesting place in life. This dog is hilarious. <laughs> I want the world to know that Stephanie's dog is joining us here for the podcast Yeah. He's... as well, who literally likes to be under the covers. Yes. So He does, you're right.
0: Um, that's, that's appropriate. Yeah, it
1: is appropriate. Any weird noises you hear, blame it on the dog. Some might be you. <laughs> well, just blame it on the duck. Do- blame <laughs> it on the duck. Okay. Um, so, Choose Must was an interesting time um, because I was very heavily invested in practicing and playing music every single day. And that was because I had recently connected with a musician who uh, I think it was the first person that I had been close to in a long time who was, it was their career to be a musician and was practicing would practice every day, would sing and play piano every single day. And, um, and so I was, I was pushing through a lot for myself. I, it it had been a while that I had been so disciplined and devoted to my craft that I would actually like decide to not do things so that I could get home and practice and play for the time that I decided I was going to play every day. Mm -hmm. Um, this song is interesting how it came out because I think how it turned out is very sensual, and um, and that's not actually wrong in how that it, how it feels to be devoted to something that you really care about. And it ha- it turned into a very like embodied experience to stay with myself and know that this was important to me to focus on my craft to focus on music in a way that I hadn't in a while and focus on my songwriting in a way that I hadn't in a while and be very disciplined about it rather than just being in this space of like, I'll, when the inspiration strikes, I'll write a song, but to every day be there and show up for my creativity and my process. is a, It is a very embodied experience. It For me, it necessitated being really connected to myself and uh, I think that it called into question other things that I had, had been very devoted to and disciplined with and questioning whether those people or experiences were were worth that amount of time or if it was a time of like leaving myself and so choosing what is a must for you like something that is something that you have to do it was like a renegotiation of my life um in that time for sure
0: so did you say that you were writing this with someone
1: no I had met somebody who was inspiring this sort of newfound discipline okay um in a way
0: So often I think when we write songs, we write them to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that we are writing them to ourselves. Yes. But it does appear that it's to someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of this love letter to ourselves in a way. Do you do a lot of that in terms of writing to yourself?
1: I do. I I think that part of my purpose here in this life is that the things that I've been through and the things that I have had to be vocal about and to come out about... um, are not only for me they are universal and they're important that everybody has encouragement to be able to do that so a lot of my songs while it is speaking to myself or about an experience that i've had is also sort of a conversation with everybody like the universal we whoever wants to join in in that conversation Mm -hmm. um and i think that this song absolutely that applies to um it's a call to people that I that I want to choose what is essential and choose what's important to them. And before I can do that, before I can call other people into that, I have to call myself up mm-hmm. in that first. So while it, that it could be a song uh, that definitely applies to me, talking to another person of like choose what's important and like I hope that I am important enough for you to choose to another person. I have to make sure that I'm choosing myself as well. Mm-hmm. And so the song, the process of writing that song was even was even that back and forth.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, even the choice of the title, and it's not even necessarily the hook. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you, you picked that as the title. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a little confusing. I don't mind that. I like giving people something to think about and grapple with, and then maybe it means something to them uh, that they came up with. Mm-hmm. And it's vague enough that... It might mean something to somebody, and that's fine.
0: Okay. Jesse, should we take a listen to your song?
2: Let's do it. you much.
0: Choose Moss, mm-hmm. lovely song. I was listening to that this afternoon, doing my homework because mm-hmm. I, always, I always do my homework. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, it, it's a grower actually. Mm. I remember listening to it the first time, I was like, mm. and then I was like, oh, and now I get it. Mm. It took me a couple of times just to like to it for it to kind of really sink in. And, and I'm like, oh, I really like that.
1: So, how long have you been in New York? I've been in New York. This is my thirteenth year. So yeah. you're not
0: not a New York baby.
1: Oh no, not new to here. How no.
0: do you find being an artist in New York?
1: It's a really interesting experience. Sometimes it's incredibly isolating, and then sometimes I'll go through phases of meeting a bunch of people. I think that what I've found is that I find I find the most connection when I'm doing something that is that I'm truly passionate about. So, like I met you because of this. I'm actively looking for a queer, female, and femme. Artists, because I am producing a Queer Ladies Night of Music and amplifying musicians that specifically make music through the lens of being a queer person um, in a female femme experience. Mm-hmm. And so you came on my radar because of that. And, um, Gummy. just outing you. <laughs> I think I you already did I that. Think, I don't think I'm very in anymore. No, much. you already did that for yourself. <laughs> Um, so, and through doing our first queer ladies night, which was in October, I met so many people. I made connection with so many people who resonated with that idea, who were really excited and encouraged by that idea. The first one was sold out and people hung out afterward for several hours and were just so excited to connect and talk to one another. So I think that I've found that I I had to go through a pretty solitary experience. My Songwriting happen in tandem with the more comfortable I got with me and my identity as a queer woman, as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go through a sort of personal process with that and making sure that the messages that I was writing about was really authentic. So that meant producing my own content and footing the bill for my own content so that I didn't have to sell out to anybody. And it's really cool now that I'm connecting more with people who are open to collaborating on, on whatever we want to, whatever is authentic to us, um, so that it does feel like a more communal mm-hmm. experience.
0: It's interesting, I think, that you are creating this community. A lot of solo artists are, you know, I, w- I don't want to say um, egotistical, but they are just, you know, this is my stuff, I'm going to do my stuff, mm. and don't necessarily think about the broader picture of, of doing something in a, in a wider community. So I think, it's, I think that's great what you're doing. And it's, it's sort of in its infancy, but obviously it's doing very well which feels like it yeah um and i think you were saying when we we were speaking before that um there are so many queer artists um that don't have a voice that in terms of being incredible musicians that don't necessarily have a voice yeah this is to connect them with other artists in terms of you know musical projects And i think i was i remember talking to mishti about female guitarists and we're now apparently at 50 percent, which is wonderful but i think you you don't often see fully female bands sure you can often see a lot of women fronting bands mm-hmm. um, you might have one musician in a band but i think it's quite rare to see a completely female band mm-hmm. it's not rare to see a completely male band mm-hmm. but what, what is your experience in terms of having a completely female band or experience there
1: it's really difficult it's been especially difficult to find female producers who um who are willing to work with live recording musicians and vocals, um, and I think that that is directly related to the um, the accessibility of it, um, of being in a studio, of being able to have have an experience, maybe messing up and then and being mentored by somebody, um, and it not costing them a career. Like I think that the more uh, minoritization that is part of your identity, the less it is okay for you to mess up, and to be mentored and to be sort of nurtured in um, in your passions and your talents and your abilities, and um, so that has been very difficult. And it's not because we're not there, and it's not because people that have various minoritized identities aren't there and very talented. It's that there's no platform and there's no community and mentorship for these people, and the system is not set up for for us and people with varying identities Mm -hmm. so yeah it's been really important for me whether it's um in my music production and the the musicians that I hire for live shows um to my music videos it's really important to me that I make it a huge priority to hire women queer people and people of color in all of those venues because it's not that they're not they don't exist it's that they're really difficult to find because they haven't been given Uh, given amplification by the system. Um, So that's really important to me. Um, I think that there is a way that we're able to let our guard down when we play and collaborate and perform with people who we know get it. And so to have a night called Queer Ladies Night that you know that everyone on stage with you and um, the audience knows everyone on stage has a somewhat shared experience of these, uh, this convergence of identities. And of course I, as a white woman don't know what it's like to be a queer woman of color. Um, and so that is important to recognize. Um, but what I know that I can do with my specific identities is to create a space where at least, being queer and being women or femme identified, we can join together and know that we can let our guards down and actually really trust each other and create together. Mm-hmm. And I think that the musicianship and artistry that's able to come out of a space like that has a lot of potential for vulnerability and like some really cool creative um, opportunities.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Some good words there, vulnerability, authenticity. Love those words, <laughs> very true. What is your experience of being a femme lesbian artist in and particularly pop? Mm. Have you had a lot of positive experiences? Has, have, <laughs> I'm assuming there have been some negative negative. Sure.
1: It's a really interesting experience because I do fit into a patriarchal beauty standard of what a woman um, and what a hot woman should look like. And I think that there is privilege attached to that and there is also femphobia attached to that. And so to hold all of that together has been really interesting that... Um, because I am femme presenting and because I am a woman who is, um, who's femme presenting and because femme lesbians are extremely fetishized, um, I have a lot to put up with in the music industry um, in order to protect myself and be able to be seen as an empowered voice in this space that I, um, I'm not going to acquiesce to a patriarchal posturing because I think that my voice is is worthy of being heard in a space just as much as theirs is and the backlash that I experience from that is is pretty intense sometimes because I walk into a room and people assume that I'm going to behave in a certain way in the way that a femme woman is supposed to behave around men or people in power and I do not I um, because I respect myself and I also think that um, by me standing up for myself and my voice, I am using my privilege that I know that my appearance holds, um, to pave the way for people that maybe could walk into a room and not be given respect at all or given like credence at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a really interesting, um, tightrope to walk for sure that I know that my appearance and, my feminist has privilege and also has oppression attached to it. And to know when to use my privilege to combat that oppression in the name of uh, a larger community has been really interesting to navigate for sure.
0: In terms of commercial success, has anyone said to you, being a lesbian is not going to work out for you as a pop person?
1: Yeah, well, it's mostly people being like, why do you have to talk about it all the time? Mm-hmm. And um, it's a ridiculous thing to say because that means that straightness is neutral and it's just not. It is in practice the neutral, but it's not a neutral stance. So for me to just come back to that of like, so please tell me 10 of your top favorite songs. I guarantee you that they're talking about straight love in some way or Mm -hmm. straight person, straight relationship, straight experience why should that be the neutral and why is me talking about my experience as a queer woman as a lesbian and in relationship to women why is that seen as something that is not that is not neutral that it is a activist standpoint and i'm happy for it to, to for me to do that even though it's viewed as that um i think that's important but i think that it's also important that i question those people that are that constantly push back that you need to write things that are not so like lesbian or queer heavy Mm -hmm. and I think that that's ridiculous because songwriting is about personal experience um and also people are constantly trying to write the next more like interesting perspective so Mm -hmm. like I have got it
0: yeah agreed uh and so I think we were talking earlier about you potentially you know doing more songwriting and um for other people Mm -hmm. um as part of that would you write songs from a different perspective
1: yeah i think that while i am a very empathetic person and i really like facilitating other people's experiences being born out in a authentic way and so to be able to have those conversations with a person and talk about what's important for them to bring out into the world i think is a Mm. very cool experience yeah i really like co-writing with people Mm -hmm.
0: i think there's a number of there are a number of artists that i love and i think there's one in particular brandy clark and she is gay but isn't she isn't as as much of an activist as I or or an advocate I would say as you are Um, Mm. and she often and I I think like I think what has probably happened is she has been in a studio with people she's done a songwriting Mm. session and has written it from a a straight perspective Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't hold that against her in any way but I think for me when I see her live and she is incredible and I am Constantly odd. There is a part of me that's going, you know, how how authentic is this? Mm. And I'm kind of questioning myself because I'm going, well, she probably wrote that with someone else, and it was probably for someone else. Mm-hmm. But she's gone. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Um, so I'm kind of as an audience member, as a queer audience member, I'm just going, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. You know? Yeah,
1: um, I think it's hard. It's hard for us because I think I certainly grew up, and even when I was coming out, which was like ten years ago. Um, had to just search high and low for representation and find anybody that was talking about an experience that was in any way similar to mine and make me feel less alone and a little more valid. And so I think that when we know someone is um, queer, LGBTQ+, um, and they're not being super out about it, it's ho- it's hard, but also understandable. Like, I understand... Um why someone would want to say like, no, it's just about the music. It's like, I don't want it. I don't want it to be about my identity and who I am. Um, and also I think that it's, it's, it's hard because and frustrating that a straight person is able to be who they are without question. Um, and that it, at the moment in, at this point in history, it is a statement to be who we are still. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, it is pushing back a bit and I don't I will never tell a person that they should because it is difficult in a lot of ways to be super out and to make um to have to have that wrapped up in the music when we just wish that we could mm-hmm. just Everywhere, make it everyone's about the music their own, you know sure
0: different generations and all of that
1: but I also will have conver- I think it's important to have conversations with people about how visibility and representation matters and it literally saves lives. Mm -hmm. So to weigh that, um, if you do have a position of power and privilege in whatever way and you're choosing to not be outspoken about it, to really consider why that is Mm -hmm. Um, and consider that being vocal about your identity does save lives. I think that's important to consider.
0: Powerful stuff. Yeah. What do you have coming up on the horizon?
1: I just had an amazing holiday show where I, um, performed a, a gay, a lesbian Christmas song, okay. which I'm I'm really excited about. <laughs> Hopefully we'll record it. So it'll be out next year for the holiday season. Um, and I have queer ladies nights coming up. We're looking at doing one a month and we have one, uh, we just had one in January and we're going to have another one in February um, and hopefully for the rest of the year, we're looking at it being a monthly thing. Awesome.
0: Yeah. And you said you were you know, considering doing uh, a new project next year.
1: I do. I have a new project um, that I have in the works um, to bring in more of like the folky country part of my history um, and mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> mix it up with the pop and electronic production aspect too. Um, I'm excited to see how it all turns out.
0: I am also excited to see how that turns out because you <laughs> described it as foggy. I, say that like more? a
1: foggy mountain, like driving through the mist.
0: Right. Folk and electro. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I have no idea what that will sound like. Yeah, but I'm, I'm interested to hear. Yeah. OK, so you are performing for the New York Artist Collective on January 26th. That's right. Looking forward to that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And where can we find you if you want to yeah. find your stuff?
1: I'm on Instagram a lot. I love connecting with people there. It's at Jesse Standifer, my name, straightforward. Um, that's
0: Jesse with an I
1: E. That's correct, I E. Um, and also, I'm on. I'm everywhere, and I'm on. Yeah, Twitter at Jesse Standifer, and then I'm on Facebook as well. So if I have YouTube, whatever. I want to see you everywhere.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Jesse, it's been a pleasure chatting to you same thank you so much for
1: coming on the show thank you for having me
0: and i look forward to seeing you perform in the round on yes. January 26th rockwood music hall stage three that's right tickets on our website
1: and i'm gonna convince you to do a queer ladies night
0: i'm already convinced great
1: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right jesse thank you very much thank you
1: Jessie Standifer
0: and her song Choose Must I must say I really enjoyed that conversation You can come along And see Jessie perform In the Round Alongside two other Wonderful artists Mishti and Yenita, At Rockwood Music Hall On January 26th At 6pm uh, Rockwood Music Hall Stage 3 that is uh, Tickets and info Are in the podcast details So do come along And check it out Now, next week, I'll be having a chat with Yanita, a wonderful singer-songwriter who will be performing alongside uh, Mishti and Jesse. So many opportunities to find out more about these incredible artists and how they've gotten to where they are today. So I really hope that you've been enjoying this little series. Now, if you haven't already, check us out on Instagram. We are at New York Artists Collective, and I am at Stephanie Manns. Check out all the details in this podcast uh, for the link to our next show, and we'll see you next time. New York Artists Collective.